Hello, everyone, and welcome to Job Board Geek. It's the podcast about the business of connecting candidates and employers. I'm Jeff Dickey Chasens. I am the Job Board Doctor and your host. And with me is the mind boggling Stephen Rothberg of College Recruiter. He's the co host. Hey, Stephen, how you doing? Hey, I'm good, Jeff. I'm uh, I'm uh, looking forward to seeing you in a week. It's it's been a while. Yeah. But uh, did you and your wife uh, get your passports updated? Because you're going to be driving from Iowa to Minnesota, and I'm pretty <laughs> sure that we check everybody at, at the border. Yeah, actually, the only thing we really have to do is get rid of the corn at, at just before we cross the border, and then pick up. I don't know what what you guys have up there, cheese or. Oh no, that's was that's Wisconsin. Uh, well, you know, it's one of those states up north, so. Yeah, no, we uh, we have the, uh, and this is true, we are the uh, world headquarters for Spam. The, uh, the, the, oh, the that's company, right. Hor- right, Hormel is here, and uh, you pass pretty close to the Spam. I hesitate to call it a f- production facility. It's more of, well, let's not get into how Spam It's a construction it. facility is what it is. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so we're going to have Rick Burley on here in a little bit. He runs a site called Bendle Hire. It's really interesting at least uh, from from the time that I've looked at it. But before we get started with that, I wanted to chat a little bit with you, Stephen. You had actually sent me an article from Richard Bronson announcing that he's shutting down 70 million jobs. And if you're not familiar with the site, he started this back in 2016, and it's aimed at people that have a criminal record and trying to reintegrate them back into the workforce, which was a great idea. I remember chatting with him about it a bit when he was launching it. Uh, He worked with Y Combinator had a bunch of investors putting money into it. Apparently it was doing quite well. Then the pandemic hit. Well, we've, as, as you know, we've talked to many job board operators that saw the bottom fall out when the pandemic hit. Same thing happened to him. For him, it got a little bit worse. He actually ended up having to lay off all his employees. He was putting money into the business from his own personal account, managed to scrape through, and then the business started coming back. But apparently, and, and part of this is the fact that his business is not just a job board or sort of a staffing firm as well. He, mm-hmm. he ran into the situation where the people that he was putting into positions and sending out would not stay in their job, or they might not even show up for the jobs. And this is something I'm a little bit fuzzy on at this point. When I look at this, it got him to the point to where he felt like he had to shut down the company. And the thing that's fuzzy about it to me is that, you know, if this was the case, I feel like all the staffing firms out there would be in a lot of pain right now. And some of them would have already gone out of business. Same thing true for recruiters, same thing for uh, job boards. And yet I've seen no no evidence of that. So it, it's, yeah. it's sad that he's shutting it down. But the reason just seemed kind of funny to me. I don't know. What do you think, Stephen? Well, this is this is one of the reasons I'm really grateful to have you as a co-host, because that was not an angle that I had really considered. You know, we bring our strengths and weaknesses to this podcast. I I, I enjoy your wisdom and you enjoy my beauty. So uh, we'll call that <laughs> right. even. Um, yeah, you know, when I, one of our developers um, sent me the link yesterday and then I, I sent it on to, to you and to a couple of other people, the ghosting piece of it with, with candidates not showing up for interviews first day on the job 
job, initially my thought was, well, that kind of makes sense in this labor market. And then when you and I were talking about it, it's like, well, that applies to just about every staffing company. That would apply to Uber. Mm -hmm. That would apply to, you know, any kind of a marketplace where you're going to have people searching for jobs and, you know, hopefully showing up. So is there something significantly different about 70 million jobs than every other staffing company and every other job board and every other marketplace? One, I think you hit on, they do focus on people who have recently been Mm -hmm. incarcerated. Is that population that different? You know, I think it is different than the general population, but I don't think it's significantly different from what a lot of marketplaces have and what a lot of staffing companies. If you're if you're a staffing company specializing in warehouse work, uh, manual labor, etc., I think you're going to have a fair number of people who you're working with, who you're helping to enter the workforce who were incarcerated. But we're not hearing anything from those organizations about a massive num- enough people not showing up that they're going to go out of business. Yeah, I wonder whether this is an example of an organization that ran out of investment money and that the the pandemic and the after effect was just enough to push yeah. them over and that their investors just cut off the sp- cut off the flow of cash. Um it'll be interesting to see as as this Yeah, it's a, it's it was it was an interesting story and and just one other point I want to make is in my experience in working with sites that focus on this aspect of the workforce, people with criminal records have been incarcerated. It's actually the opposite. One of the one of the points that they sell to employers is that these people very, very much want to be employed and tend to be very loyal to the companies that employ them and don't tend to ghost the employers, don't tend to they tend to have a longer tenure, et cetera, et cetera. So the whole thing just you know, it just seems a little bit odd, but I'm sure we'll find out more about it. And and really disappointing and frustrating because boy, is there a need for this kind of a exactly. service. Exactly. We 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 throw so many great people into prison in this country, and it's it's just it's reprehensible. Switching tone entirely. Uh, we're we're fortunate today to have uh, Rick Burley of Mental Hire on Job Board Geek. And Rick, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. I, I remember the first time that I learned about Bentle Hire and I'd reached out to you and I was sort of poking through the site. And it really, you know, made me curious about the whole thing. And then as I was prepping for this the show today, I started looking at your background on LinkedIn and that <laughs> made me more curious. So, And, and I say that because before Bentle Hire, you were working for the State Department. For a number of years. So anyway, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background, how you got into recruiting, how you came up with the idea for Bentle Hire, and who is it targeted at? Oh, for sure. I just want to say again, I'm I'm really like excited to be here with you guys. This is awesome uh, to to meet you, uh, Doc and, and Steven. So <laughs> I just wanted to thank you guys, you know, up front for having me join this, this podcast and the Job Board Geek. This is really cool for me. I'm kind of a geek myself, you know, with uh, job boards and and learning about the recruitment process, how, mm-hmm. you know, as I have over the last few years. And so with Ben O'Hire, um, my background is actually in healthcare management, but mm-hmm. I started uh, with a nonprofit back home in South Florida as their HR specialist. So uh, it was a, a community nonprofit that dealt with healthcare, but they needed somebody to help recruit and uh, credential the physicians that they were bringing in. And that was my first start 
in mm. in recruitment and kind of learning the ins and outs of job boards. We used uh, Monster and Career Builder at the time. This was around 2008. And so uh, 2009, I moved up to D.C. and continued in healthcare, but more along the government contracting route. And I worked closely with recruiters uh, with, you know, with that organization as well, um, doing, uh, you know, recruitment and, and filling jobs for these government positions. It wasn't until about 2014 that my wife got a call from the State Department to to move overseas. So really, my the, the transition, this this uh, this, you know, journey that my career has been on is, is really due in part to her. Mm. Um, because uh, when she got the call to go to Southeast Asia, you know, I, I, I went along, dropped pretty much everything and uh, almost started fresh as a contractor with the State Department. And that's not always guaranteed when you travel along as a spouse. So I had to apply and and kind of learn a whole new field. I became the social coordinator, social media coordinator for uh, the State Department and the U.S. Embassy in Cambodia. So I was in that role for about two and a half years. And during that time, I would go back home on R&R and visit family. And people were still struggling, even after the uh, you know financial crisis. They were still looking for work and still looking for you know new opportunities. And so I got a lot of questions when I went back to Florida <laughs> about what I've been doing, how I ended up working overseas. And um, so I built a job board, you know, from all the help that I thought my friends and people back home needed. That's really where Ben O'Hire started. It started as a generic job board. And the reason that I that I started it while I was overseas was because I was able to con- I was able to connect with the American businesses that were a part of the American Chamber of Commerce uh, overseas. Mm. And so there's a chapter of the chamber in pretty much every country. It's where American companies kind of get indoctrinated into the country that they're trying to do business in. And so I had connections and I, I had some friends that worked for the chamber. I noticed that they didn't have a job board and they often needed more skilled workers. So that, you know, in in turn, it put me into this position of trying to connect people in the States with with these organizations and companies overseas. And so that's where Ben O'Hire began. It didn't quite work out that way, though. And, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as things <laughs> tend to go, you know, it didn't really work out. They had their own their own bubbles that each each uh, chamber was was already in, and they had their their sources, and you know people kind of get stuck in the way that they've always done things. And as we know, you know we're you know we hear that a lot nowadays. Like that's the way we've always done it, and that's what I encountered when I tried to you know bring this job board idea to the chamber, and and they were pretty much isolated in Cambodia. So you know, in every chamber in each country, they don't really they don't really talk with other chambers, which I I thought would be something that I could change with this job board and kind of you know build. Some something for for people to to get involved in and and bring more Americans overseas and find more opportunities that way. Thought it would be big, Um, (laughs) but it didn't it didn't work out. And as I did research, as it was starting to, you know, kind of sputter and not, you know, get to where I thought it should. I did research and realized that all the value 
that job boards hold come from these job seekers. And as we were mentioning, as you guys were talking before about the, the great people who come out of the prison system or who've been in jail, who've been incarcerated and come out, value is the same across the board for everybody. You know, everyone has value. Um, you know, some of us are more skilled and some of us know, you know, certain feel better than others, but we all have value. And that comes through on a resume, whether it's well-written or not, a resume, you know, has value. And so I wanted to try and build something that gave back to those job seekers during the job search process because there was a lot of pain in not getting a job, feel kind of worth mm-hmm. less in the process. And so that's what started Been Higher on the traje- on the trajectory that it's on now, where we are able to uh, pay job seekers when their resume is viewed. The way that Ben Higher works for employers is that employers get to post all their jobs for free. In doing so, they name their price for the resumes that uh, come from the from the candidates that they choose. So that's that's really where I thought I could turn this job board into something new and into something impactful, not only for the job seekers, but for employers as well. So just a quick follow-up on that. Employers are naming a price. One of the things I've found uh, that job boards are trying to do something really different like you are run into is, like you said, HR people are inherently seem to be very conservative. And that's this the way I've always done it. I only got 10 minutes to do this mm. and, I, and I've got to deal with all this other stuff. So how do you find employers that are willing to actually do the whole process differently where they're actually naming a price to look at resumes? Right. That's a great question. Um, we're in the early stages of, of getting this rolling, but I reach out to people I network, and um, there's a lot of interest surrounding it. Where I think the most uh, interest can, you know, where it can do the most good is for these employers that that post jobs locally. So when they have a, you know, uh, a region that they operate in, reaching the the best candidates can be a challenge because on a national stage, uh, a lot of these small businesses kind of get drowned out. And and that's when they turn to job boards to kind of get a broader reach. And and there's so many, there's so many opportunities out right now that I, I think it's hard for them to get a foothold. So I've heard from a lot of local organizations. I've I've connected with uh, local chambers here. So that's kind of where we're where we're headed. There are a lot of independent recruitment firms that I've spoken to as well that have posted jobs. We've had jobs in the past, and it's something that I that I'm going to go back to the well for. But I, I really want to focus on on providing local talent to these small businesses. As people who have listened to this podcast for a long time know, this podcast is is an effort by Jeff and me to help our listeners explore different ways of doing business and different revenue models in particular. Um, Yours is definitely an outlier. And so it was like so fantastic when when we booked you and and now we're here talking about it. So from, from a nuts and bolts standpoint, Rick, maybe walk us through. You have a sounds like mostly small businesses, startups that are going to be the employers who are posting a job without naming names, like walk us through kind of like a typical transaction. What do they pay and 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 follow the money. I, I, I don't, you know, you don't need to share with us like the percentage that you keep on, you know, if you're, if you're willing to awesome, but it's pretty clear that you're, you're going to take some of that money that the employers are paying 
and pass along some to the candidates. So let's let's follow the money. How, how does that work? You know, when I created Bento Hire, I purposely made it different. Uh, I wanted to be unique. Uh, and that was in part because whenever I create something, especially with business, I look at the competitors. And the competitors out there already have such a huge market share when you look at the Indeeds and LinkedIn's and even the smaller job boards. When I first started out, they're already ahead of me having jobs posted and and candidates available. So I I had to be unique. And how I differentiated myself was creating this this process that's totally different. And so what I did to kind of, you know, sweeten the deal for not only job seekers, but also employers is that I allow employers to to name their price for resumes, but they start with a budget for resumes. So the budget can be as low as $10. So they add their budget to the job board and, and go from there. They can name their price each candidate resume, starting from a dollar to, you know, to send that to the job seeker. I take an admin fee as been a hire. There's an admin fee when you when you mm. add your your budget. It's about 15% of your budget. So it's, it's kind of like a service fee. So it, in turn, that's that's really where where I uh, take in you know uh, some some revenue for the job board to keep it running and and you know take care of operational costs. We take a, a uh, we add a tax to the resume budget that employers include. So from that budget, they get to pay uh, the job seekers for the resume and an included response. So there's responses guaranteed from the candidate, um, and and they're informed of this as they register from their end. Really, it's been a higher design to do exactly what job board set out to do in the first place, which is to connect employers and job seekers. And so um, it really puts them in control control of the process. The employers compensate the job seekers and the job seekers feel empowered to provide their resume and, and a response to the offer. And so that was what I envisioned uh, job searching should look like. So I created it. And, and that's what we have now. It doesn't get too much more complicated than that. No, it, it's pretty straight. You add a budget, you start posting as many jobs as you want, and, and you can you can determine how much you give to the job seeker. And I did I do get questions from time to time about why not, you know, why when would it ever be necessary to pay the job seeker more than a dollar? Well, it may be a, a high level executive role that you're trying to fill. So, you know, maybe a dollar isn't convincing enough <laughs> to somebody who's, who's you know, at that level. Uh, maybe it's a really hard role to fill. So in that case, you know, you might you might want to reward the job seeker a little bit more, put, put a little bit more incentive behind it for their resume and for their time, because the job seeker doesn't have to respond. And, and in this case, uh, we we have we have a system where we'll refund you if the job seeker doesn't respond. If uh, it, you know, if there's any if there's any uh, discrepancies in the resume or anything like that, all of that is taken into account. So uh, we want it to be we want it to be you know um, useful not only for the job seekers but for the employers too. So I've tried to cover all the bases in that uh, so that Ben O'Hire really does that. So the employee, so the employer posts the job. The candidate sees the job. The candidate applies to the job, and then the employer gets the resume, and that's when they pay for that. And then that payment 
85% goes to the candidate, you keep the 15% as a service well, fee. So we take we take a 15% service fee. We it's an additional service fee uh, added to the budget. So the candidate gets the candidate gets the entire amount that that the employer sends to them. So when they when they name their price, if they if they decide two dollars is a is a good price for the resume and the and the guaranteed response, that's what the job seeker receives. We're taking a service fee from the employer. Uh, uh, where 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 there's there's an additional fee, you know, on top of the budget that they have for their resume. It's about fifteen percent. I had one last question for you, Rick, uh, that I wanted to sort of throw out there, and this is mainly taken from me looking at the website because I always, you know, I'm very good at being a dumb candidate. You know, so I go to I go to a job board and I look at it like I've never seen anything like that before. And I have to figure out exactly what you're trying to talk about. So one of the things that that you mentioned a number of places on the on the site is that the job seeker has and actually job seeker has an NFT as opposed to traditional resume. In practical terms, can you talk to me about the difference between a traditional resume versus a job seeker NFT or is it just purely a technical issue? So what I explained to uh, to you guys just a moment ago was, you know, how the money transacts uh, through the process. Job seekers when they register on the on the site, when they register for Ben O'Hire, they actually create a profile that provides their uh, skills and their accomplishments, kind of like a like a summary of a resume, but it doesn't provide any of their contact information or or their their identity. So that is withheld until the employer pays them for their full resume, which they receive. So what I what I incorporated at at one point with Ben O'Hire was NFTs and that blockchain technology that, you know, had really, it seemed like it was going to, you know, really uh, become a value if we could find somewhere to use it, you know, in an everyday use case. Because right now, NFTs are, are primarily used for, you know, the the, the artwork and, and things that we see on a designated uh, marketplace. And so really what it does is it assigns a receipt to anything digital so that you can say, I own this. And here's the receipt that says, wherever you find this online, I'm the owner of it. And that's basically what blockchain technology did and what NFTs are, a non-fungible token. That receipt can only be created once and in there's there's no other like it. So I, I was a so on the back end, the technical side of this is that the resume included an NFT. Uh, it included that number. My goal for that was to make resumes even more unique and add more value for the job seeker. Since rolling out job seeker NFTs, I've actually retracted it. And we no longer use NFTs on the job board because NFTs and the nature of blockchain being that it's decentralized, there was there was too much too much noise about the the uh, unstable side of, of of blockchain and and some of the misuses of it. Mm. So that's what people heard first. And when I introduced a resume NFT, it added it added another layer to the already unique process. <laughs> so and, and really, Ben O'Hire actually does it. Still pays the job seeker. It still provides you know, a unique resource for employers without NFTs. And, and I thought it would be a draw in the beginning, but uh, I've since retracted and we no longer use NFTs because uh, not only do, did we not necessarily need them, the way that it had to be explained and separated from the other type of NFT was just a little too much to, 
you know, it became a hurdle. So I, I, I yep. removed it. It's in the background for now. We don't use NFTs, but if it were to ever come up again, we could probably transition back to that. Yeah, that's a that's a good rule to go by when you're doing any kind of business, but particularly the job board. So, well, well, listen, Rick, it's been great having you on the show and a very interesting project. I I hope that you have a lot of success with it. I know it's early days at this point, but you know, I expect you know we can come back in a few years and you can tell us how it's grown and where it's gone and all that time. So, anyway, if people want to get in touch with you and chat with you about Benel Hire or anything else, how do they do that? Yeah, they can find me on LinkedIn, uh, Rick, R-I-C, Burley. And um, I'm also available through Bento Hire. You can check out the, the job board there. You can get in contact with, with us at BentoHire at BentoHire.com. But yeah, LinkedIn is a direct route to uh, to get in contact with me if anyone has any questions. Well, thanks again for coming on the show. I appreciate it. And uh, Stephen, if people want to get in touch with you, how do, how do you they do that? Uh, they can email me at Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N, at collegerecruiter.com. And uh, Rick, I want to thank you and your wife for all the service that you've provided um, th- through the U.S. Department of State. It's really important work. And thank you for paving this new path in the Absolutely. job board industry. Thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, excellent. Yeah, three job board geeks. So. <laughs> That's it for today's, you know, I got to call it the way it is. Uh, That's it for today's episode of Job Board Geek. I'm uh, Jeff Dickey Chasens, the Job Board Doctor. I want to encourage you to subscribe to the podcast via Spotify, Google, Apple, whatever you like. And remember that if you like the podcast, give me a thumbs up. If you don't like the podcast, don't tell anyone or give Stephen a thumbs down. We will be coming back to you next time around. We are the only podcast that focuses on the business that connecting candidates and employers. That's all for now. And I'll see you again next time. Thanks.